In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. There's a newsstand up on Lexington Avenue, um, probably about 89th or 90th Street. It's, it's just north of 88th. And um, I like to go in there occasionally and look at the magazines. Um, among the ones I tend to ponder uh, without maybe people noticing what I'm looking at is uh, one is called Hello. Some of you know it, but it has all the latest news on the British royals. Um, just a little to the left of it is Ola, and like you might think, it has the Spanish royal family talked about. Uh, I took something from Ola to my Spanish class as a discussion piece a few weeks ago. Um, our country has a funny relationship with royals, don't we? I don't know if you're like me at all, but it's a little bit like passing a, a car accident or a train wreck. We have mixed feelings about staring, but we find it hard to look away. I mean, we can celebrate that Harry and Meghan have begun to change things and move into the 21st century. They seem to mean well. And no sooner do we notice that than Prince Andrew comes along and confirms our worst suspicions about inherited privilege and being cut off from the real world. Royal language in the United States can be provocative. Uh, for some, it brings about a knee-jerk reaction. Organize the rebellion. Reject all authority. <laughs> for others, it has a softer, almost sentimental effect a kind of uh, Anglophilic uh, remembrance of King Arthur, and isn't the queen wonderful? And we combine that with Disney's tales of princesses. And so it's filled with ideas of romance and chivalry, which, especially in the Episcopal Church, sometimes we, we mix up with uh, religious sentiment and niceness. Even more problematic and confusing, though, can be language of royalty when it enters into theology. When I was in seminary in the late 80s, um, these were fighting words. One would never speak openly of king. One would be shut down immediately in class. We didn't use terms like kingdom. We had to refer to God's holy realm or commonwealth. Um, any mention of king uh, was thought to immediately conjure an image of an old white man who's in charge. And so it was sexist and elitist and authoritarian. So we should do away with it. New language. There's a point in that, obviously. But to do away with it entirely is to miss a richness in the theological tradition. And I think it's to miss an important aspect of who Jesus Christ is. The image of a king is important because Jesus does so much to deconstruct that image. He turns it inside out. He redefines it as people in his day over and over again bring to him the idea of a king or a ruler or someone in charge. Jesus holds up a mirror so that they might more closely see themselves. Meanwhile, Jesus changes behind the mirror to show a new understanding of kingship from underneath, from inside out. 
from a whole new dimension. It might sound strange to hear this Good Friday gospel on Christ the King Sunday at the the end of this liturgical year as we move into Advent next week with the beginning of a new year. But there's a point to it. If you noticed the language of king, there's confusion. Is Jesus a king or is he not? They have the sign to ridicule him over his head saying, this is the king of the Jews. And the soldiers mock him and the other criminals do. But the one criminal seems to get it. Rather than trying to encourage Jesus to show off and get himself off the cross, This other thief has some understanding that Jesus is already looking and thinking and moving into another dimension. And so this thief, in all humility and honesty, asks that he might join Jesus in whatever this new kingdom might be. And Jesus assures him that he will be there. The reign of Christ the King is just that. It's always unfolding, always extending, always including each one of us and everyone else. It's a kingdom of reversals. Think about Jesus' mother, the Virgin Mary, as she sings. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. And so to live with an idea, with an inkling of Christ as king, is to live with an awareness of this holy reversal of things. It tells us that it might look bad when certain people are in charge, but it's going to change. Christ's is a kingdom of outcasts. When we read the Gospels, it's a wild array of people who come to hear Jesus, who then follow him and who make him their Lord, their Savior. Some are prostitutes, some are tax collectors, some are widows, some are soldiers, some are very rich, some are extremely poor. But they're all unlikely to meet anywhere else except for meeting in the presence and the love and the vision of Christ. And finally, wherever Christ is, there's a kingdom of possibilities. To encounter him is to see things differently, to get a glimpse of what life can be like. To live with Christ as king is to live in expectation, in in hope, in faith. It's to live into a kingdom of, of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth and sixth and seventh chances. It's unlimited. In just a few minutes, we celebrate the baptism of Audra. And so it's the beginning of a life of, of hope and renewal and expectation and joy in Christ. Um, we don't baptize ourselves again and again, but we remember our own baptism and the, the freshness and the possibility. It's one reason I sling holy water on all of you. And on a day like this, you don't need more water, I know. But it's a reminder of our baptism. That every day is a new day. Even as we might wrestle in this world with what to do with kings and queens and princes and princesses. This day especially, this Christ the King Sunday, I think we can be, care- we can be, we can be joyful and thankful that Christ has come as a new kind of king and mo- a most unusual king. 
We can give thanks that he continues to to deconstruct and reinterpret the meaning of power, what it means to rule, what it means to be in authority. As Christ continually empties himself of all those things so that he might be full of God's love. We too, through him, can be full of God's love so that we too can imitate him and empty ourselves so that others might be lifted up. And so may we rejoice in a kingdom of reversals. May we open our doors to a kingdom of outcasts. And may the Spirit help us always and forever to open our hearts to a kingdom of possibilities. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.